Welcome to the number one cookbook podcast, Cookery by the Book, with Susie Chase. She's just a home cook in New York City, sitting at her dining room table, talking to cookbook authors. Good morning, I'm Jacques Pepin, and my latest book is The Art of the Chicken. As one of the world's most legendary beloved chefs, you need no introduction. So some people don't realize you've been painting in your free time for more than 50 years. In Art of the Chicken, you have more than 130 illustrations of chickens, and the publisher wanted you to create chicken recipes, but you didn't want to. I'd love to hear about that. Well, uh, I have done (laughs) 31 cookbook or so. So I wanted to do that book of uh, illustration, drawing, painting of chicken. And uh, they say, well, I would love it. But but then they say, could you have recipe added to it? And I did not want to do recipe. So I have another book called uh, The Apprentice that I did 20 some years ago, which is a cook's memoir where I tell story about my life and so forth. So I decided to do the same thing, to go back and look at my life uh, in the context of chicken or eggs, of course, from West. Africa to to Russia to any other part of the world that I've been in and tell stories so there are recipes, but in a narrative style. I'll tell you, um, my mother used to do that type of thing. So take the chicken, put a bit of cream, and this and so forth. Some of those narrations can probably follow and do recipe. Some other are more complicated, old style of what we used to do in France with a lot of truffle and coxcomb and uh, unborn chicken eggs and sweet bread and different type of things. So that probably not feasible, but but uh, yeah, those recipes are done in that style of stories. Yeah, there are no measurements. Um, there's no ingredient list. And each chapter is an endearing story. And there are a few chicken paintings. You know, it was funny, as cooking through this book, I could literally hear your voice in my head, giving me oh, directions. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, I hope it didn't disturb you. <laughs> <laughs> No, not at all. So could you describe the process of how you start a new painting? Is it the same way you develop a recipe? Well, yeah, there are similarities. I mean, uh, I'm probably better at cooking than at painting because I have been at it longer. And also I have more of a basic training in cooking. I mean, for me, I was in apprenticeship in 1949. So you can see many, many years ago. And the process at that time when I was I was 13 years old when I left home uh, was to uh, to listen to the chef and repeat and repeat and repeat until it became part of your uh, DNA if you want so uh, your hand could work out without you thinking about it chopping slicing uh, mancing doing things so that was uh, the technique were very important of learning those basic principles and at that point when you have that type of uh, knowledge uh, then if you have a bit of talent and other things then you can use that knowledge to bring food to a higher level but when you work in a professional kitchen <clears throat> if you have an order for a chicken saute with mushroom you will do that order and if someone were to take note exactly of what you do but you don't look at a recipe there and you may have seven or eight times the same order during the evening the food comes out exactly the same but however the process is always slightly different it's never exactly the same because it's it's more automatic and if the chicken look a bit dry you may put two tablespoons of water next one you may not do that why because the chicken may be thinner or thicker or your pan a bit harder or whatever 
So you react to the food in a way eventually to get to wherever you want by testing and adjusting. And in panning, I have a bit of the same process because sometimes I start a panning and uh, I don't really know exactly where I'm going. I have an idea, but then it starts moving. At some point, usually the panning takes a hold of me and I react to it. And I put a color here or a shape or whatever because it just feels right at the right moment without trying to uh, to legitimize it uh, in a sense. So yes, there is that type of reaction process to react to the panning as well as to react to the food, which eventually get to a place where say, okay, I cannot go further. That's it. A chicken is a very humble animal and there's not much variation. I am in awe of the creative inspiration you tapped into to paint so many different looking chickens from different angles, colors, etc. Did you ever think this series would go on as long as it did? Or do you just have endless chicken inspiration? Well, that's a good point. <clears throat> I don't really know. I, I Many times uh, I said I'm not going to paint another chicken. I've painted enough of it. And to put down, here come another idea and another point of view. And chicken is probably the most democratic of all food because you will have chicken in a truck stop or in a, in a small cafeteria or in a diner. And you will have it in a three-star restaurant with truffles on the skin or cognac sauce or whatever. You will have it in West Africa, in Turkey, in Italy, in France, or in the south of the U.S. So uh, I don't see any cooking in the world who doesn't use chicken in one way or the other. So you could probably do a book of 10,000 recipes of chicken from China to Russia and uh, still uh, create new recipes. So yes, it's probably the most democratic of all for me. You have a recipe on page 165 called Julia and Jacques Dueling Chickens. So how come you could never agree on the proper way to roast a chicken? There is something very personal in cooking and then you give a lot of yourself. It's an act of love in many ways. So uh, Julia developed a way of roasting a chicken slightly different than mine and uh, actually it came out pretty similarly, you know, at the end. I mean, we did that all the time. I met Julia in 1960, actually. So I knew her for basically half a century and uh, we were good friends And but we argue all the time and too. And when we did our recipe, when we did our show together, we never had any written recipe. We started with an idea say let's do stew or let's do whatever and uh, we went on cooking so it was probably more difficult for uh, the back kitchen and the, the cameraman and so forth because they really didn't know exactly what we were going to do since <laughs> we had no recipe but for us it was fun to cook together like you do with a with a friend or a spouse you know just uh, taking the food and cooking so that was fun you did agree on roasting it at a high temperature at 425 but right. you like to flip your chicken during the roasting process and baste with pan juices yes i feel that uh, the leg uh, is the part of the chicken which takes the longest to cook. So by putting it on the side, like 20 minutes on one side and the, on the other side, and then eventually on the back, I don't have to cook it as long. So it prevents the breast from being overcooked and the leg will be cooked enough. That was my, uh, my reason. So you also agreed with Julia Child that one of the greatest pleasures in life is a perfectly roasted chicken served with deglazing sauce made from brown bits left in the roasting pan. Could you quickly walk me through your perfectly roasted chicken? Well, usually salt pepper on top of it, and I put it into a, a thick saucepan on top of the stove on its side. Uh, I think I put a dash of butter in it, but not much. She put much more 
more better than I did and uh, start browning it on, on one leg for about uh, four or five minutes until it really starts and put it into the high oven like 20-25 minutes turn it on the other leg 20 minutes again and finally put it on its back and baste it and finish it for the last 15-20 uh, minutes yeah it's always good to let the meat set and uh, for a while for the juice to equalize and uh, yes because you see it's less in a chicken but for example if you take a, a roast beef or a leg of lamb or and you put it into the oven and cook it at high temperature for the given amount in the in your recipe if you were to take it out of the oven and slice it right through right away you will notice that the center is almost raw again and the outside is Maybe one inch of the outside of that leg of lamb is gray, looking like overcooked. Because as the meat starts to cook, the meat contracts and the juice is pushed toward the center of the meat. So when it comes out, it has to rest so that the meat relaxes and the juice runs through the meat. And it's going to be pink from the beginning to the end of the roast. So the process is slightly different with chicken, but it's still uh, make it more succulent and more juicy and nicer to let it rest for a little while before you're carving it. What's your favorite wine to drink with chicken? Free wine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's the best. So now to my segment called I Could Keep Eating, where I ask you what food you could just keep eating and eating. And for example, I could keep eating Parker House Rolls with butter. Well, I mean, for me, if uh, you give me the greatest baguette in the world and the greatest butter, it's hard to beat bread and butter. That's that's absolutely sure. Yes. So where can we find you on the web and social media? I think you can go on Instagram and uh, look at uh, JPF, the Jacques Pepin Foundation. And uh, I think that's fine. Everything (laughs) you want to know about me, I guess. I cannot thank you enough for coming on Cookery by the Book Podcast for the third time. This was such a treat for me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Follow Cookery by the Book on Instagram. And thanks for listening to the number one cookbook podcast, Cookery by the Book.